to grow as quickly as possible. They go about raising capital and instead of working to make their customers successful, they tend to work to make their investors successful. But at Sendable, we've deliberately tried to stay as small as possible. We've taken no outside funding and our only real goal is to make customers successful. So I wanted to interview Annalise today to find out what it was like in her previous role working for a much larger tech company. Uh, so Annalise, can you tell me a bit about your last role and kind of what that company was like in terms of size and scale? Yeah, sure. So even though um, culturally wise, we sort of referred to ourselves as a startup or a large startup, I guess on reflection, it really was more of a corporate. So it was uh, a SaaS, a software as a service tech company based out of Copenhagen with about 150 people there, as well as an office in uh, in New York with about 20, 30 people, um, about 10 in Berlin, I would say about 40 developers in uh, in Sofia um, and in Budapest, and then about five in Australia. So oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, as you can see, um, very, uh, yeah, very widespread and definitely not a startup. So that's really interesting. So from my, from my previous experience, um, I've only worked for one much larger company and they had around two and a half thousand employees um, all over South Africa. I obviously that was my first job I spent four and a half years there but for me it just wasn't the type of role I wanted to be in so but I'm keen to hear how it's different I mean obviously that company was more of a retail fashion company uh, with an IT department of around 200 people sure so from your experience how would you think I mean an IT or a tech company differs from standard sort of corporate environments or do you think it was quite similar yeah I think um, there are definitely sort of I guess, notes from either. So in terms of culture and sort of the day-to-day lifestyle, I guess you could say, uh, in the office, being in the tech space, you do have more of that sort of like fun, informal sort of atmosphere, um, a big emphasis on sort of social events. Generally, you do have sort of a younger workforce as well, um, a lot of internationals. So it is quite dynamic in that sense. But I think in terms of sort of your day-to-day sort of work uh, when it comes to sort of meetings and just sort of expectations, it was definitely more corporate in that sense, in that, you know, sort of long hours were quite expected. Um, and obviously, I've, I've never really worked for a funded company. I mean, I've worked for a smaller tech company where there were like eight people. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you say it's different from a self-funded or bootstrap company? Yeah, I think that's probably the biggest difference that I've noticed is that um, in the previous company, it did often feel as though the product itself was sort of um, led and shaped and directed by those at the top who, for you know, for all intents and purposes, maybe never even had worked for a tech company, had even really, yeah, spoken to customers actually, which as someone who was working on the front line, speaking to customers every day can be quite frustrating. And it also makes you feel a little bit like, uh, you know, if this was my company, I probably wouldn't do things this way, which then causes, I guess, a bit of a rift between sort of your your passion and drive and motivation to help the company succeed if it's not really aligned with kind of how you feel it is in reality. Why do you think there was a different, like what led to that different drive? Do you think it was because of investors needing a return? Yeah, or? for sure. I think, um, of course, you know, a business is a business and you always have to, you know, be looking at that bottom line. But in terms of sort of larger sort of product decisions, um, it definitely felt like it was maybe 
more aligned with um, the investors and sort of like future strategic growth rather than what the customers were asking for here and now, which coming back to being a business could actually be detrimental in the, in the long run. Yeah. yeah. Um, so my goal has always been to try and make as much of an impact on as many customers as possible. So rather than working for like one or two massive com- uh, companies or customers, I rather wanted to build an experience or a product that satisfies the need for most of our customers. Do you think in this type of fast-growing sort of scale app, it's different? Is there a need to please your largest customers first? Yeah, absolutely. I think with yeah with a company that's sort of in a different space going after those bigger fish, it does mean that the stakes are higher and you do bend over backwards and do everything you can to keep those guys often at the detriment or the loss of, of the smaller, um, smaller brands coming through. Of course, you know, this is required or it needs to be insured to keep everything afloat but I can see from from the perspective of smaller customers and speaking with smaller customers um, you know in my new role at Sendable that that can also be quite frustrating and people do underestimate I guess the the power of social media ironically being in the social media space and sometimes those smaller guys can be the loudest voices um, and that's also something to keep in mind. Yeah that's true. Are there any like challenges that you faced working for a larger tech company like could you do some of the, the challenges? Yeah, of course. I would say something that I like to call, I guess, meeting mayhem, where you feel like you're spending so much time in meetings, um, planning amazing things, but you never have time to actually deliver on those those great things because you're in another meeting. And I think that's something that uh, as Sendable grows, just to be aware of, um, that people aren't caught up uh, in meetings so much that it does actually have an impact on their day-to-day work. I've heard of companies that have, you know, like a Wednesday or a specific day where um, the whole company is supposed to, obviously within reason, not have meetings actually to kind of ensure productivity is there and um, to not fall into the habit of that. Um, I think another way to alleviate that is obviously to to set agendas, to have, um, you know, 15-minute meetings as opposed to an hour if it's not needed, et cetera. Um, So that's probably one one big one. Um, And then the other one which kind of impacts everything you do is just time so every time you want to implement something or even even have a meeting about implementing something you have to have a meeting with so many different other people and just the time taken to really make any changes just completely blows out and it can kind of lead to this feeling that nothing's ever going to change or you know why should I even bother because Mm. you know at the end of the day maybe this isn't even going to happen because there are so many stakeholders um, and the process is just so long. And I think that's also something to to sort of be aware of, um, you know, as things continue to grow. So if you wanted to put something forward, like an idea, mm. how would you approach that? Like, how would you present that? Yeah, so generally, of course, depending on the idea, um, you would sort of uh, put that forward first to your direct manager, who would then um, need to bring it to sort of like the heads of departments. And then they would need to loop in any other stakeholders and from there it can it can really blow out in terms of the time frame um also aligning with everyone's calendars and depending on you know how big the change is it could even from there go up to like ceo level which again with calendars can be can be quite tricky (laughs) (laughs) i think um speaking of meetings it's something i absolutely hate i hate meetings but i think since being more remote we've tended to have fewer meetings or maybe more focused meetings uh, but one sort of principle we have is to seek feedback, not consensus. And what that means is rather than going into a meeting, getting everyone's opinion, you go in there with your proposed p- plan or solution and you get feedback from those in the room to help shape your solution. 
I think since adopting that over the years, it's helped. But I'm not involved in so many meetings as <laughs> as I used to be. Are there still a lot of meetings at Sendable that you're involved in, or? Uh, I personally feel like definitely when I sort of compare my experiences um, that I did find that sort of, yeah, feedback rather than sort of consensus uh, approach to be quite refreshing. I think it saves all the time. Um, it is just a better use of time and it also leads to sort of more more well-rounded, um, you know, final products as well. Because having having meetings where you are sort of just getting consensus, again, sort of like what we are talking about previously, I, I think, about maybe people's voices not being so loud is that you do tend to hear from maybe one person over over others frequently, yeah. which means that every decision is going to be sort of from one side mm-hmm. and quite unbalanced. So yeah, in, in general, I feel like meetings that we do have are definitely worth the time. And I think people are also um, quite happy to sort of um, speak up if they feel like you know, they don't necessarily need to be part of, you know, the, the next 15 minutes of the meeting. If they sort of need to come in, say their piece and leave, that people are quite happy to do that. And, you know, there's sort of no no bad feelings if someone needs to jump out of a meeting. Um, everyone sort of respects each other's time. What else would you say has been different about working for a smaller bootstrap tech company from your perspective? I think in terms of culture as well, maybe it just depends on the company, but I feel like uh, in the larger company, whilst it was very social and there were, you know, so many people that you could speak with, everyone was always so busy and there was still this kind of distance, I guess, between people, especially between teams and departments. And so you would really only um, sort of socialize or at least have interactions with your direct team. And that's something that I've really enjoyed at Sendable because it is smaller, that you do have interactions with people from all different teams, all different departments, and you can really learn and just really understand and empathize a lot more with other people's day-to-day that I think in a larger company, you can really be quite siloed and just be blind to really, um, which then, you know, can help your sort of future decision making when you can kind of take other people's perspectives um, in mind beforehand. And with your last role, when you joined them, were they already quite large? I mean, they already reached 100 employees or were they Um, smaller when you first? When I joined, it was definitely smaller. Um, I would say there was sort of some rapid growth sort of on the back end, like the last six months of last year um, before um, before an acquisition took place, um, which makes sense. So yeah, in that time, I did see some some definite shifts especially more towards sort of a corporate feeling so one of the biggest differences for me working for a smaller bootstrap tech company as opposed to a larger sort of corporate company is that it's it's quite energizing and motivating to be seeing more direct impacts of your work and much faster um not having to sort of go through that that chain of management to um you know to come to any sort of solution or implement new changes and on top of that just seeing Gavin's story actually and having more of a closer relationship to to the business makes you feel a bit more responsible and accountable which is a good thing um and it makes you feel like you're bigger you're sorry you're part of something bigger outside of your day-to-day um and that you're really contributing to something as well is there anything that we could learn from a larger tech company that you think we aren't doing right now that we could do or adopt I think just planning ahead for for future growth. I think that's not just with this specific company, but I think this is an area which a lot of sort of mid or like growing startups um, struggle with is that jump or that transition from a classic startup to maybe something a little bit larger and then from there, uh, you know, a corporate. It's just to not lose your sort of identity and culture along the way and to not 
I guess, to not always default to the obvious like option in terms of the challenges that come with having a larger workforce. Um, so, for example, you know, I guess the decision to not move offices and to not just have, you know, like a bunch of tables or to not have everyone sitting on top of each other is is one. And yeah, just to to not lose the way that things are, are working currently as much as as much as you can. But at the same time to to ensure that you do have systems in place to um, allow for future growth and to, to ensure that people feel like they are still getting what they need, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think for me, it's been a personal issue. Yeah. Like uh, letting go of a lot of things that I enjoyed doing, like marketing I was doing, you know. Sure. Even support, bug fixing, yeah. development. But I've had to move out of the way for the company to grow. So you have to have visionary in the role. Exactly. To help the company grow. Yeah, it's always a balance. It's a, it's a tough one. But so uh, I've just I've set a goal of just trying to keep the company as small as possible mm-hmm. for as long as possible. So only hire when we really, really need to hire Um which has really helped um, in us picking the right candidates for the different roles, mm-hmm. finding people that can go grow with the company rather than just adding numbers, you know, yeah, seats I to think, seats, that kind of I thing. I think that's really important, definitely that attitude, yeah, for sure. Um, but it's more of a personal thing. Like, it's more about me, like, being able to still have a bit of control mm. because even now, I don't know what goes on in all other teams. I don't know what happens in your team. <laughs> as much um, as you would like I, to. <laughs> I, I get updates, like, at a high level, but I, I lose out on all the detail a lot yeah. of the time. So I have to, like, go digging for information. Sure. To find out what to focus on next and where the signals are coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I guess there's a lot of positives from what you've just said. But also just trying to stay as small as we can, um, even though we could grow. Mm. We, could, we could double our numbers if we wanted to. Double of our course. Size, but I was just, I'm really reluctant to. Yeah. Because then you have the inefficiencies of meetings and that kind of thing that creep in. Exactly. This all does creep in along the way. Um, yeah. I think the only thing would be obviously to, which I, I think you are very good at doing, is just balancing keeping everything as small as possible but also managing people's time and and resources and um yeah just you know ensuring that um people aren't sort of like overloaded or overwhelmed and i think what's also really valuable that you've also been good at is being able to to say no um i think sometimes you fall into the trap of saying yes and wanting to do everything and being so excited about all the opportunities the reality is that you, you do just have to say no to projects or um put things on hold at least so i think yeah it's important for people to develop themselves within the company and look for opportunities to grow themselves to make room for other people to kind of move into those other roles that they leave behind. Like, do you feel that you've had enough opportunities so far, like where you could step in? I know you're, you get involved in other teams and mm-hmm. you contribute to people's ideas and give feedback, but do you think you've had enough opportunities there? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it does, it does depend, I think, on the person as well. I'm very much this person that I just, I find a lot of things interesting um, that are sort of outside of my remit and, um, you know, where possible, I do just kind of jump in and get involved. Of course, not everyone is like that. And that's also fine. And, you know, people also just want to really develop their focus areas um, or sort of craft their art, let's say. But I do think, you know, if you are looking to develop and you do want to move into other roles uh, eventually, then you do really have to take the initiative and um, just get involved, you know, as much as possible. So a big influence on me um, in trying to keep the company as small as possible is I've read all of Basecamp's books. I've followed them since the beginning. Sure. Um, since before Sendable was even started. And they have sort of the anti-tech startup mentality uh, where they, they focus on kind of being customer-centric, growing organically over time rather than taking funding. So that's been a big influence on me and how I think about business and focus on, focusing on profitability rather than just revenue and growth. 
Uh, was there anything that affected you and your thinking around going, uh, kind of working for a smaller company as opposed to going back to a sort of funded tech startup? So it wasn't something I thought of consciously in terms of invested versus, you know, um, bootstrap, let's say. But as the as the interview process unfolded, that was something that I think, Gavin, you did mention and it did make me um, think of a bit more. And I can see that it does have quite a big impact. And to people that are sort of evaluating their next step or evaluating, um, you know, a potential company they would like to join, I think it is extremely valuable and something to highlight that I didn't really think of before, but just how much of a difference that really does make. And if you are the kind of person that wants to have more of an impact on the day-to-day, be able to innovate and experiment and be in an environment where that's encouraged, then I think if you do lead more towards... um, the, the smaller companies, you're going to find a more sort of rewarding career in the long term. That's another thing I think um, a huge advantage of being in a smaller company is that you can create a position as well or you can sort of move sideways or, or upwards or however. Whereas in a larger company, although because it's larger, you would think there are more opportunities, there is more of a rigid system in place and also sort of like a legacy system in that, you know, oh, this person's been here longer or, you know, you need to do X, Y, Z before you can move up or move into this role. There are a lot more structures in place. Um, And so I think if you are looking to sort of develop or just know that you have that flexibility and freedom to kind of not be stuck in one thing for, for a long amount of time, then that's a huge advantage of a smaller company as well. Yeah, from my experience working for a corporate, uh, we basically all worked in this massive building. There were six floors. And when you start off, you start off in the bottom floor. And the sea, sea level was on the, on the sixth floor. So I remember going in there and I was on the bottom floor and I had to do some work for the sea level, you know, for the, the CEO and the COO. So I had to go up to the sixth floor and they had these amazing suites with like secretaries and they were out playing golf. <laughs> and I thought, is this what life is really like? Is this how working is going to be? And um, I didn't want to be part of it. Like I didn't want to be part of that sort of corporate uh, politics and kind of fighting for a position to be seen and eventually spending 20 years in a job to eventually go up to the fourth floor. Yeah. But um, that's where I kind of pivoted and decided to rather, rather work for smaller companies. Sure, yeah. That's actually something that I hear of a lot. Um, being in Copenhagen, there's a big buzzword around uh, Scandinavian companies or countries working towards this like flat hierarchy um, structure, which ironically I feel like I have uh, now <laughs> for a British company. Um, but I think that's sort of what you're referring to, having more of this um, flat hierarchy that yeah. even though you may be in different roles and different levels technically, everyone kind of more more sees eye to eye and um, can move sort of more sideways rather than this constant upwards thinking that we've been kind of traditionally <laughs> led yeah. to believe is, is how your career progresses. Yeah, yeah. Guess It's also having better visibility of what someone's doing. So in, a, in that sort of structure, you can't really see what that person at the bottom is actually doing, yeah. how much value they're actually contributing towards the company. Sure. So I think having a flatter structure definitely helps to kind of give everyone visibility and open up opportunities. Yeah, definitely. It definitely dissolves any kind of friction um, and also kind of turns that attitude on its head of feeling like you're you know, working for the man or something oh, yeah. like that. <laughs> Going back to what I said before about um, you know, being part of sort of the CEO's vision and part of their story and, and contributing something bigger. Um, I think that helps with sort of employee happiness and retention in the long term as well. Any sort of takeaways for someone who's currently looking at their next career move and trying to decide between a sort of funded tech company versus a smaller bootstrap company before we leave? Yeah, absolutely. There are definitely, as with anything, positives and negatives of both. I think it really depends on 
sort of where you're at in your career um, and also sort of your life circumstance. So for me, um, you know, moving to a new city, being part of a larger company was a great a great thing at that time because often that means that you're going to have, you know, networks, um, meet with different people from different countries or international workforce. And just because of the size, you're going to be meeting a lot of people and expanding your network. Uh, and also career-wise as well, you can learn a lot um, from a big company, obviously having more funds, let's say, um, does enable you to maybe have some other experiences. But at the same time, if you are looking to further your career and want to have a bit more, I guess, control over that, maybe a smaller company could be the way to go. And it can allow you to really hone your craft as well um, and specialize in a specific area. There, are, Yeah, there are definitely points on either side. Um, but I think it all comes back to looking at where you're at lifestyle-wise, career-wise, um, at the end of the day and and seeing where you want your future to look like as well. Yeah. Great. Thank you so much for joining us today, Annalise. You're very um, welcome. If you guys want to get in touch with us, if you're looking for a new role even, please contact us at insider at sendable.com and you can also leave us a voicemail using the link in the show notes. We'll see you again soon. Bye.